I am talking with Darius Nelms, founder of Fay God Premium and the Roundtable Meeting. You can connect with Darius on Instagram at Premium or at FadeGodPremium.com. Now spell that out, F-A-D-E-G-A-W-D-P-R-E-M-I-U-M.com. Darius, again, thank you for being on the show. And first off, I just want to ask you to tell us about the Wisdom Wall. Well, the Wisdom Wall is something that I constructed on my website. And the vision that I have for it is I wanted it to be kind of a place for people that maybe don't have mentors. Because I know a lot of people, especially millennials nowadays, they always say they want a mentor, a mentor, a mentor. But it's very hard to find a mentor nowadays. So what I do is I try to construct the Wisdom Wall from different things like different articles that I may read different books that I may read from great authors or even from my mentors personally that give me good sound advice and wisdom. And I'll put it on the wisdom wall. So that way they can, they can go to my wisdom wall and it's, it's compiled of three different areas, life, faith, and business. And so any area that you need help in, in those three areas, that's what the wisdom wall is for is just to kind of give you a spill words of encouragement, words of advice to just help you along your journey. I love that. I love that. And do you find that to be a a big place of engagement with your brand and even with your website that people just stop by to grab that uh, gem of the day, that piece of wisdom? Yeah, for sure. I I think I consider it and I always call it like getting your wisdom on the go Uh, because, you know, you don't have to sit there and read pages and pages and pages. I mean, some people just personally don't like to read and I'm an avid reader. I like to read, but I just try to kind of condense everything to a sentence or two, but it's just mm-hmm. filled with so much impactful uh, knowledge that can really help transform the way that you think and the way that you go about your everyday life. I love that. I love that. Now, I love that you touched on faith because when I was on your IG, you posted a note from your grandmother and it was, it was really striking for me. And that's why yeah. I, I wrote it down in my question sets. You know, it was Philippians 4.13 and it also right. said, don't grow weary and well-doing for sure what did that mean to you first the note and then just that saying and that and that verse well my, my grandmother she she passed away in 2011 and she had that note and she always wrote like little notes to help just you know just to keep it keep her encouraged mm-hmm. and so when she passed you know we were going through her bible and stuff and that was one of the notes that she had wrote to herself and so what that means to me is no matter what i mean no matter what you come against you know, don't grow, don't grow weary of doing good things. You know, don't don't grow weary of, of being nice to people, you know, and doing good things because, you know, people won't always show you appreciation or, or they, they, they won't always say thank you. But just because they don't, that doesn't mean that you stop being nice and doing the things that, that God placed on your heart to do. Wow. And basically in translation is you don't do things for accolades. You do things because it was placed on your heart to do. Oh, man, that's good. That's good. So if you're listening, don't do things just for accolades. All right. Do it because it was on your heart to do it. I love that. Correct. Man, I'm going to have to start dropping by the wisdom wall myself. (laughs) Yeah, man, I I just think it's a great place for people just to kind of get it on the go um, and just really stop by and just see what different people, you know, accredited people, people that have life's experiences, business experience, you know, faith experience. They could just get it and go like, man, that, that's really kind of changed the way that I, that I thought about this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Now, just want to shift the conversation to your vocation a bit. When did you learn to cut hair? And then when did you become the fade <laughs> God? 
Well, I learned how to cut hair. It's funny that you say that because yesterday on Facebook, um, I, I don't know if a lot of people know, but on Facebook, it'll kind of give you a timeline of your past history. So mm-hmm. I, I, on Facebook, I saw four years ago, I, I cut my hair for the first time. Oh, so I guess you could say four? Four years, yes. Oh, wow. So I guess you could say four years ago, I kind of started cutting hair. Um, but for the most part, I didn't really start cutting other people until probably about two years ago. Okay. Two and a half, three years ago, yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and I mean, just the really, the whole fade God thing, like, they just kind of came about, I mean, just kind of over time, you know, people just kind of started recognizing, you know, what, what it was. And so, they, I mean, it's nothing that I came up with. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because one of my one of my good friends, I, I call him my big homie. He's like my big bro. Um, he he actually cut. He he actually used to cut hair. And so when I was actually starting to cut other people's hair, like you know, he would kind of teach me and show me the ropes, like through Facetime and stuff, because we were in two different areas. And they actually called him Fade God. But once he stopped cutting hair, like they just kind of transitioned that name to me because we had mutual friends. So I mean, right. it was people that we both knew that called him Fade God. But once they stopped going to him, like once he stopped cutting hair, they was like, oh, well, I mean, he doesn't cut hair anymore. So, hey, like we're going to call you fake God now. So it's kind of it was a universal thing, but it, it was pretty it was pretty interesting. Man, but you made it a brand and a movement. So, yeah. <laughs> so did you just always have the vision for that or it, it just came naturally? To you? It, it, just, it just came naturally, man. I, I don't I didn't have. I mean, I, it was never in my dreams or my plans to cut hair. I mean, I was playing college football. That, that's what I was solely focused on. And I mean, I needed someone to cut my hair and there was no one to cut my hair. So I was like, well, I just kind of started cutting my own hair. And then people kind of started recognizing that. And so it was just, you know, like I said, it was one of those things to where it just kind of came naturally. I mean, I didn't, I had no plan on ever <laughs> being in this position. <laughs> wow. Wow. Nice. Nice. Now, I want to ask you this because I know it's going to help so many people who are students, who are, you know, thinking about the future, who are looking towards maybe the steps to get there in the activity that keeps them positively motivated to do the work. Right. Who are you going to become 10 years from now? Oh, man, that's that I get asked that question all the time. And, and, and I think my answer is going to probably remain this until I graduate is at this present time. I cannot say and I say that not because I don't have a plan, but I say that because the way that I know that God is set up, mm. sometimes the way I envision things will not pan out. But my mm. initial goals and my plans are to be like a, um, I, I want to invest. I want to invest in like commercial real estate um, because I know the barbering world and, 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 and the field so well and just how I am with my brand and, and going to school and learning more about business and the business side of things. I can see myself opening up a chain of shops underneath my brand maybe not necessarily fade God or whatever, but I mean, what, you know, what, whatever I grow into and whatever the name of those shops will be, I, I plan on making it worldwide, kind of like a sports, a, a sports clips or great clips or something like that. Like every state you go to, they're going to be multiple locations. And so that's kind of where I see myself in 10 years is just being a businessman doing the business side of things. Um, I really don't see myself behind the chair anymore. Um, at that time, but I just kind of see my side on the business side of things, just really constructing and helping just really the economy and creating more jobs for people um, and all that good stuff. So that's that's where I see myself in team. Well, I love that, but I really love the boldness to say at this time. Right. I mean, not because I don't have a plan, 
but because I understand that there always is a bigger plan yeah, outside yeah. of my plan. And, and see, I learned that because my, like my, I didn't really have plans on going to the NFL, but I had plans on finishing out my career as a college football player. And now we see how that panned out. It didn't work. So at that point, I gained the discernment to know, you know, I mean, I may have a plan and it's good to have a plan. I'm not saying not to have a plan, but I don't I don't necessarily trust those plans. I trust God's plans. Yeah. I don't trust my plans, you know, because my in, in the next two or three years, my life may shift a whole different the whole different direction. And hey, who knows? I mean, it may be something bigger than now, but I know that my current place is gonna like my 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 future place is gonna be bigger than my current place. I know that for more. Come on. So I have to keep my I have to keep everything wide open um, and not just confine myself to say, well, I'm just going to do this. Like, no, I, I want to keep my options open and I want to let God know, like, hey, <laughs> I'm ready for whatever you have for me. I'm not putting no restrictions on what you can do for me. So. All right. So I'm going to throw the challenge flag out there. OK, so you're saying you're willing to leave the great state of Texas for bigger <laughs> things. You yeah, I always say that. <laughs> All right. Well, see, I, I thought about that, and see, I think the biggest challenge for me, if that was to ever occur, and and I mean, I could see it happening, but the biggest challenge for me would be my family, uh, because I'm very family oriented. Like, I mean, my family is very small; we're close knit. So I feel like wherever I go, they have to come with me. <laughs> I mean, if I move to Washington D.C., <laughs> they got to move with me. <laughs> you know, so um, I mean, it's one of those things that. Uh, you know, it, it's really just dependent on my family, man. I, I'm just so close to them. I really don't see life apart from them. And my dad always tells me, he says, son, you know, you got you to gotta leave the nest. You know, you got to leave the nest. And I understand what he's saying, but man, I'm just so close to my family. It, it, I, I mean, I've been outside the state. When I went to my first college, which was in Arkansas, I mean, that was hard for me, man. <laughs> I, I couldn't function well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I grew up with them. I, I mean, I was with them almost every day. And so to just really just abruptly leave and, and be, I mean, thousands and thousands of miles away, mm. um, you know, 10, 11 hours away. And, you know, they're back home and, you know, they'll FaceTime on Sundays at the church. Like, you know, we wish you was here like that. I mean, that was emotional for me. I mean, it was like, man, I wish I was there too. Uh, but I, I mean, I think that I would get to a place of maturity where, um, I mean, if even if I leave and they don't come with me, I think that, you know, we will still have means to see each other. I mean, I'll send a, a private jet to them to, <laughs> to come back and we'll have a good two or three week vacation um, and all that good stuff. So, I mean, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well said. And I, I love that. I love that you touched on how meaningful that family connection is for you. And it's a part of your, you know, your journey to becoming all that you are. And I think like when you find what works, you don't break that up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and one of my one of my visions and goals is even to employ my family, you know, even with just my with my brand or my corporation, my business. I want to employ them. I, I mean, because my biggest I, 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 it's funny because when I read a lot or I listen to different like business podcasts and stuff, I hear sometimes some people say, you know, it's not really that good to do business with family. But I would like to argue that statement and say with my the way my my family is set up is that I know that I can trust them. You yeah. know, they're always going to do what's best for me. I mean, I always tell my mom, like my mom will be my personal secretary. Like she'll take care of all of my affairs, my paperwork and all that good stuff. So, I mean, I, I want to keep my family in the business, you know, and just show them different things that they 
they they haven't been able to see before, you know. So, um, I mean, that's really just kind of my goals and my, my future. Man, I love that. I love that. And I love that, you know, your family and and, and some people are from toxic families, but you're like, right. that, that ain't how my family set up. I love, <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> I love that. Now, one thing I really enjoyed about, you know, your website, Fade God Premium, is how you book appointments. And right. as I'm talking to you, you're like, what are the only non-stressed out um, <laughs> professional barbers out there? Like, you're just chill, relax. Right. And I know it has to do with the systems you put in place, the branding, yeah. and the discipline to make sure that people follow the systems. For sure. Now, tell us about how you came up with this amazing process. I'm glad that you said the discipline, because that was one of the many things that I kind of stress up on myself and even with my clients. You know, my clients, they understand the system. And they know that, you know, every Saturday night at 10 p.m. that they're going to have to set their appointment and spots will go fast. And I mean, even with with, you know, prospective clients, I just try to like really just kind of reiterate to them like, hey, you have to get on at 10. Mm. Like this is the system, you know, that I have in place. I mean, it's no other way (laughs) to do it. You know, I don't I don't do walk ins because my, my schedule is limited. And my spots are very tight. So, I mean, it was just one of those things to where I wanted to really implement a, a system that worked for me. Um, and that, I mean, of course, works for my clients because, you know, it's one of those things to where if I'm kind of, I guess you could say, just always doing what's best for the client, I can't really take care of myself. Yeah. And I can't be the best businessman that I can be. Yeah. Um, because, you know, my schedule, you know, I'll be creating a schedule for them that may not work for me. So then they come to try to get a cut. But I'm running behind. I'm like, hey, I'll be there in 15, 20 minutes. I didn't want it to be like that. Yeah. I wanted to, yeah. hey, when you come, you know, you're going to get right in the chair or I'm finished up on a current client, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a, it's a system that I have put in place that, that's very efficient. It works for me. I mean, I can't say it will work for somebody else because I feel like with every business, you have to find a system and, 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 a, and a detailed system that works for your business and what you do. And so, uh, I mean, it works for me just doing my appointments weekly. That way my clients can kind of see, okay, well, you know, I'm going to do it. He's going to be cutting at this time or at this time. And then I can come through, get a cut and leave, you know, so that they, that way they're not waiting two and three hours, like, may, you know, maybe going in a shop that, that doesn't do appointments. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's a system that works for me and it's been, it's been very efficient. It's been very efficient. I love that. I love that. And, you know, one of the things that I value about studying your system and like you mentioned, the discipline of it. And now that I know a bit more of the backstory, I definitely see how you're, you're shifting the culture of the urban barber professional and then on top of that, your branding and business acumen is allowing you and your team to almost change the game of what to expect in a modern right. barbershop. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely impressed by that. Now, tell us a bit about, you know, your Fade God Premium Ambassadors and, and what that means and how, how that's truly helping uh, shift the balance so that you do have that franchise at some point. Right. So with my Fade God Premium Ambassadors, I had um, I had the vision to, to get a team together. And, and, and with my ambassadors, I really wanted to be people that were fans of what I do. Now, see, I learned this from Tony Robbins, very, very prominent businessman. He said that in business, you don't necessarily just want to have 
just, you know, clients. You mm. want to have raving fans mm. because, you know, your raving fans, they're going to they're going to promote you like crazy. And so I wanted to have four to five people that I knew were crazy about my brand. I mean, without me even having to tell them, like they're just out here telling people like, hey, you know, he's Vega, you know, one, like one of my ambassadors, uh, you know, we, we were out uh, one night for her birthday. And so she was telling someone, hey, like, he cuts hair. I mean, you need, it looks like you need a haircut, you know? And so, I mean, she's really just promoting, you know, while we're out just having a social time, having a good time. And I mean, this had nothing to do with the business. We were just out celebrating, celebrating her birthday, you know? And so it was, it just amazed me how out of nowhere on her birthday, <laughs> you know, how she was still promoting me. And I mean, we were just having a good time, you know? So I, it just kind of gave me the, the idea and the vision then like, Hey, you know, if I can get people that are, that are fascinated with what I do, that are fascinated by my brand that, that just freely tell people about me without me having to ask them, then, mm-hmm. so, I mean, we can, we can make a team out of this. And so that's what I did is I, I got four to five people that I know are crazy about what I do. Um, they're crazy about my brand and they just tell so many people about me without me even having to ask. And I'm like, Hey, we can come collectively. I can set a plan in place, a marketing objective, and we can attack it like this. That way we can kind of cover more ground without me having to necessarily do so much footwork, if that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Man, that was clear. Stop, pause this, and take notes right now. If you <laughs> don't have raving fans, it might be why you're struggle, struggling to stay consistent. Right. Even take your brand to a new level. Maybe you need to start being able to charge premium prices, but without raving fans, without people willing to truly invest in you, you know, on their own time, right? maybe you're doing something wrong. And I, I, and I love how clear you were about that, you know, because I think at times we forget that if we're all in business and we're all doing the same thing, how can we achieve different results? You know? Right. And, and, and one of my, this, this is a moment that I had, a music moment that I had maybe a week or two ago, as I said that one thing that I've noticed is that the best marketing object, uh, objective is to market through people and then market to people because so so many times people, they try to just do marketing online, 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 but they forget about the old fashioned word of mouth and the word of mouth to travel usually faster than social media would. And so, you know, it's one of those things where I say you have to market through people when you allow your, your brand, your product and your results to go through people, then marketing to people would be that, that much easier. You won't even really have to put so much money or emphasis on the two people when you can do it through people. Man, I love that. I love that. Through people, then two people. Another pause, take some notes. <laughs> Free wisdom wall as, we, as we're here live. Now, let's talk about the roundtable meeting. Another brilliant idea, you know, and again, you just have the passion for not just thinking it, but implementing it. So break down the roundtable meeting for us. Well, the roundtable meeting, we basically just discuss the topics that matter in business. And I had the vision because here at Texas State University, I mean, we're such a diverse school. And so I wanted to create an environment for other young entrepreneurs like myself that maybe have their own brand or business, or even if they don't have their own brand or business, like maybe they aspire to be you know, and have their own business in the next couple of years. Maybe now they just don't really know what they want to do, but it's okay because we invite those people as well to come in. Just, just, just hear the verbiage, you know, hear the vernacular because one thing that my dad taught me when I was younger is that, you know, you may not really understand things right now, 
But if you really just try to glean and understand, you'll, you, you'll get it on your way home. <laughs> you know, and that, that's an old saying, you know, you may not understand it at this present time. So, I mean, you may come to the round t- table meeting and you may, you know, ask yourself like, you know, kind of what am I supposed to do with this? Like, don't throw that information in the trash, but put it in your toolbox. Because in the next four or five years after you graduate out of college and you get into the, the business world, the workforce, and you start to kind of understand and try to come, come to who you are as a person and what you want to do and how you want to build your business, you'll say like, hey, like, I remember hearing this, like when I was in college at the roundtable meeting, you know, and I try to get valuable information that can be applied for years to come. You know, that way we're cultivating our, our lives, we're cultivating our faith. We're cultivating our business because I think those three areas are very, very important in business, life, faith, and business. You have to take care of life. You have to take care of your family. You have to make sure that your faith is intact and that the business, all that stuff is going to flow, is going to follow. So at the roundtable meeting, we, we simply just come together. We network. We discuss the topics that matter in business. And I mean, that's pretty much it. Like for our first meeting, you know, we'll talk about uh, what a G looks like in business mm-hmm. and the the, the G is, is, is an acronym and it stands for three different things. One, in business, you must have grit. Number two, you must have the gravitas. And, and, and three, you have, to have, you have to be gallant. You know, you have to be heroic. You have to solve problems for people. So, you know, that's what a G looks like in business. That's what it's like to be an entrepreneur in business. You have to have the gravitas. You have to have the grit and you must be gallant. And so that's what that G stands for in business. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, we, we just kind of talk about that and, and I and I do that to introduce the roundtable meeting for the first time. And then we'll get more into the analytics and, and, and the and the diversity of business and you know how do you trademark and, and register and all that good stuff. So that's man, good. man. <laughs> You're giving people an education within the education. They're trying to, man. Thanks a lot. I love that. Now now here's something I'm learning even deeper now that we're we're having this conversation. Like your humility and your ability to just stay locked into just who you are, what you bring to the table and your professionalism, it's not just in business only. It's even when you're not in business. Right. One, so I want to ask, where did that humility come from? But then two, is that why you have such a lauded client list where you have celebrities, athletes, people who fly in just for haircuts and then fly back out? I mean, was it the humility that and professionalism that just brought them in or was is there something else that I'm missing? One, one thing that I think that I get a lot, um, and this is as humble as I can say, it because I hear this from people. I don't say this for myself, but people always brag about my professionalism. And I think with that tying into just who I am as a person is I never compromise my integrity. Okay. You know, I, I remain who I am. At the same time, I try to be as professional and as efficient as possible. And I think the professionalism, especially now and and with my market being college students, I think the professionalism is what wows people, you know, and and, and even with my with my University of Texas athletes, the convenience, you know, when they call me, they know that I'm coming. You know, I've never stood them up and, you know, Mm. a partnership with them. They know that I'm coming. You know, if they ask me, hey, can you come on this date? Nine times out of 10, I'm going to be there. You know, and if I can't do it, I'm going to let them know ahead of time. I'm not going to just not show up or yeah. bail out on them. I think it's just the professionalism. Um, and, and even one thing that I, that, that's very, very important is the trust. The trust that you build between your clients and the trust that you build between your partners. Because if you don't have that trust, if they can't rely on you and that consistency isn't there, then you're going to lose business. And I, I mean, it doesn't matter what field you're in. I mean, it's, it's that trust and that consistency, the consistency of the product 
and the trust that you have within the relationship. Those are two very important things that I think drive and are, are the driving force and the gasoline for the vehicle that I have to continue to be successful in what I do. Man, I love that. And I love how you, you really brought it from the inside out. So you, you're letting people know that, hey, maybe your habits, maybe who you are on the inside is, is breaking some of your business relationships, some of your trust. Right. And again, maybe your integrity or character is not where it should be so that, yeah, you have maybe a high profile client, but you don't keep them because when they needed you, you didn't really show up or make them aware that maybe something changed and you couldn't be there ahead of time. And I love that you just took the time to showcase that because again, so many people think, well, you know, I'm a professional barber, I'm the boss. That's where it stops versus there's still a way to develop. So that leads me into my next question for you. Can someone duplicate what you're doing specifically? Can they reach out to you for coaching or training? Do you have time for that? Or is it just unique to you? And is it just unique to the Fade God brand? I don't think that someone can duplicate what I do, but I can teach. And, and, and I think that's with anything. I mean, you can teach. You can, you can bring a horse to the, to the water, but you can't make them drink. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I use that metaphor and that phrase simply because, I mean, I could teach somebody all day, day long, but if they don't apply what they're taught, then, I mean, it's kind of useless information. It's waste. And so, I mean, I, I, I'm just coaching and, and teaching. Like, I mean, I have people reach out to me all the time for that. And I know that, that my time is limited, but I mean, I, I, I'll have you come in and say, hey, I mean, you can watch me do this. I mean, I have no problem with that because I want to help um, as much as I can. But it's up to you to actually, I shouldn't say you, but it's up to the person to actually glean, mm-hmm. apply what it is that I'm showing them and just kind of taking mental notes because you, 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 must, you must mentally learn before you physically perform. And so I think that it's one of those things where you have to get those mental reps. You know, you have to always pay attention and watch, you know, and learn. And, and then after that, you'll be able to apply and actually do it. And, and that's something that I noticed even within myself, just coming into different market uh, markets, you know, like graphics and, you know, learning more about the stock market. It's one of those things where, I mean, you can have someone teach you, but you have to actually do your learning on your own time as well. I mean, you, yeah. Can't, yeah. you can't just rely on that class time yeah. to be your learning. Like you have to go beyond that place and, uh, and, 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 uh, and past that time to be like, hey, in my free time, I'm going to sit here and learn this. That way you're efficient and you're pro and you'll soon become prolific. So um, I think it's just one of those things where you have to really, really hone your discipline. And in your own time, you have to teach yourself and just kind of continue to learn, learn, learn as much as you can on your own time as well. Yeah. I love that. You know, it triggered for me that, you know, you can't learn to swim on land and you're just telling them, look, at some point you're going to have to get in this water. You, some point you're going to have to put yourself out there, get in the marketplace and, and go through your go-throughs so that you learn the habits, the, the, the things not to do, and the habits that continue to allow you to grow and be more successful. Right. Now, I'd love to hear maybe a moment where you went through one of your go-throughs. Maybe you hit some speed bumps and potholes, and you had to recover that allow you to build such a strong business presence, strong character and integrity, and also make trust a hallmark of what you do. I think it's, I, I can use a, a very relevant example. Um, you know, even with what I do, just cutting hair in general, um, doing designs, um, because doing designs is, is pretty tough 
Um, and I'm st- I mean, I'm still learning to this day. I mean, I actually did a design yesterday and I have the, 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 the humility and the confidence to say that I messed up, <laughs> you know, I messed up and, but I, I fixed it. I found a way to fix it. And, mm-hmm. and the other person would never know, but I messed up, you know, I took a picture of it. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's not congruent. That's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, in those times, your confidence level can get real low. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that you can't allow your confidence level to get low. If you fail at something, what you get, what you can do is you can learn from that failure. And so what I did and, and, and what I do is, you know, when I messed up, I'm like, I, I got to find a way to fix it, you know, and then, you know, even when I did it and I fixed it, I mean, it looks well. I mean, I, I was honest with the client. I said, hey, you know, I started this. It didn't really turn out the way I looked. This is how it looked. But now, I mean, you look good. And I mean, he, he loved it. I mean, he, he loved it once I fixed it. But I mean, he would he would have never known. But I didn't want to withhold that information from him. You know, I, I wanted to let him know, like, hey, I'm still learning. Um, and, and I know that you're allowing me to kind of practice on you. But I still mm-hmm. want to be honest with you and let you know that I don't have it all together yet. <laughs> and, you know, I'm OK with that. Uh, but I think that's a, a pretty relevant example is is knowing your weaknesses, but also is is, is using your strengths to, to kind of hone your weaknesses, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Wow. 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 Well said. And, you know, I love that you showcase something real, like you said, and relevant just in the moment, like. Man, that uh, Dallas star don't really look star-like right now. Exactly. That, that's, that, exactly. Exactly. You know, but, but I love that, you know, you didn't just say, oh, well, you really stepped into it. You locked in on how you can, you know, improve even in the moment. Because I think at times, so many of us, we hit that wall and we run away. We retreat versus saying, no, what, can I, what small step can I take? And I think, you know, you showcase that really well. Just one more time, I am talking with... Darius Nelms, founder of Fed God Premium and the Roundtable Meeting. If you are not following him on IG, what are you doing? The Wisdom Wall is something that will bless your life. At Fed God Premium, that's F-A-D-E-G-A-W-D-P-R-E-M-I-U-M. So there's no excuse. Make sure you follow him. Um, message him when something he says kind of shakes you like it does me. And just <laughs> let him know you heard about him here. You heard him talking and sharing his wisdom with all of us here in the veteran leaders community. Now, I'm going to ask this because, you know, your, your university is, has a huge um, veteran population. It's one of the top schools in the country. Right. You know, what have you seen, you know, because I'm pretty sure some of your friends are in the military or ROTC or even veterans as, as they attend your university. What have you seen that makes your your, and please shout out your school. Don't get beat up for not yeah. shout out your school. <laughs> yeah. What do you think you guys have done just to create such a rich culture and tap into the experience and training that so many veteran leaders bring to the university setting? I think that Texas State University is, is really just kind of a, a institution and, and, and open to the diversity. You know, we, we shun away no one. I mean, it's, it's so diverse that it's, it kind of blows my mind, especially compared to the, the previous two schools that I went to. But I think even with the, with the veteran presence, is, it's really just kind of like that alumni feeling, you know, because it's a lot of people that have graduated from Texas State University and have gone on to go to the military. And, and Texas State University is such a good school. I think what really um, captures the minds of the alumni that, that have went to the military is that we're constantly expanding and growing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're like, we're building this humongous building right now and I have no idea what it is, <laughs> but I know that it is very big 
and it, I mean, it's it's massive. But I think that it's it's the it's the diversity and it's the growth. You know, becoming a well known institution over the years. You know, maybe when they graduated in the nineteen nineties or you know early two thousands. I mean, my dad graduated from Texas State University. You know, in in eighteen eighty nine. And I mean, when he graduated, he came back to come see me speak here uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And he said, wow, like this looked nothing the way it did 20, 30 years ago. You know, I mean, it's changed completely. So I think that the change, the growth of the diversity is what really captures the minds of those who, who are in the military and, the, and that are veterans um, in our military and that had, that graduated from Texas State University is just the culture, the change, you know, how fast it's growing. You know, they can see, you know, if I'm going to give back to this school, you know, where's the money going? And they can see, <laughs> you know, where the money is yeah. going, the donations yeah. going. So I, I think that's one of the biggest things is really just how fast we're growing and the changes that are coming about and just to see that we're accepting more people. I mean, we're our, our acceptance rate. It's, it's, it's not as hard. It's not hard to get into Texas State, but it's not easy either, you know, but at the same time, so many people are getting accepted that are that are good students that we had to even expand our freshman class. I mean, now, you know, freshmen, they it was mandatory that freshmen had to had to house in dorms on campus. But now they're expanding the freshmen to apartment complexes because we're literally running out of room. So, I mean, we're constantly growing as a university. So, I mean, as a veteran. You know, and even as an alumni, I mean, it, it blows your mind when you come back. You know, you may be stationed somewhere else. And I mean, you you may come back into town to visit or just maybe passing through. And it's like, yeah. wow, like five years ago, I mean, it, it didn't look like this, you know. So yeah, I think yeah. alumni and veterans, I think that the change, the growth and, and just the culture itself is what captures the minds and, and, and the ideas for them to even really give back and, and be here. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, I just want to shout out uh, Texas State. It's ranked 13th in the best for vets college survey. And again, that's within the nation. So, you know, kudos to Texas State and all the amazing programs out there, because, you know, you know, I I speak to the veteran leaders community and I I believe education and and uh, university helps unlock so many things. And, and just think about it, your roundtable meeting is definitely going to serve that population for the veterans who are looking for business and business conversations as they attend school. So I just want to say a, a thank you and a shout out to you as well for, you know, making the environment more of what it is and, and truly helping people, you know, find the wisdom and the go-dos in business. Because at times we don't have enough people who are in business showing us how to do business. It's one thing learning from someone who's retired, who had a successful career, but there's another thing to actually learn business from someone who's still in the day in, day out of amazing customer service, still in the day in, day out of building your business and building your brand. And I think you're doing such a great job at that. What would you say to people who want to follow you, follow your footsteps, so to speak, like maybe another young student, maybe a student athlete that's like, look, you know, I, I'm super busy, but I definitely want to be in business for myself. And, you know, being a professional barber, building that professional brand to include the right client list, because that's something I, I want to highlight as well. When you have the right client list, yeah. maybe you don't have to, you know, do seven days a week. And that's something that yeah. you're showcasing at a high level. Maybe when you have that trust and integrity, and great character that keeps people coming back. Yeah. Maybe you don't need a hundred clients a week and you can get down to 25 who's right. still helping you hit your numbers. Right. What would someone do 
if they want to follow in your footsteps? I mean, I would just tell them, you know, to, to really focus on, uh, like, like we talked about earlier, building the trust. Have to build trust with your clients or with your customers because if they don't trust you, they would not come to you. So I think that having the trust is very, very important. Like that's number one on my list is having the trust because I mean, I can guarantee you 100%, you know, the, the 30 to 35 clients that I cut weekly, you know, maybe four days a week. I guarantee you each and every one of them trust me. And so I think that has paid great dividends and it's not a trust tax, but it's a trust dividend. So I think that having the trust is very important. And then two, just, just being authentic in, in, in what you, and who you are and what you do. Uh, because I think that so many people, they try to, they try to emulate others, but you're like, when you emulate something, it's not respected when you become a carbon copy. Ooh. The emulation is respected when you are authentic with what you do. So it's, it's cool to kind of look at what someone else does um, and just kind of see what kind of works for them and kind of apply it to what you do. But what sets you apart is making it authentic. And I use the example of, of Apple all the time. I mean, I look at the iPhone X now and I say, man, it looks like just like a Samsung S8 or whatever it's called. It looks just like an Android as far as the shape of the iPhone X. Mm. But guess what? Apple, they're, they're unique in their own way. They can copy and they can take the whole model of a Samsung and make it a unique, a unique iPhone. So I think that emulation comes from making it your own and being authentic and just being honest in who you are and, and being honest and trustworthy with your clients. Love that. I love that. And, you know, what, what I like is that, you know, the theme of this conversation has been work on you. Right. You know, get you right. And as you as you build something, fade God premium, as you build something, your your professional client list, your your business career, it will reflect who you really are. And you can fake it, but it won't last. And I love that you're <laughs> you're really highlighting that to you know to the listeners. Now, as we wrap up, I'd love for you to take some time just to tell us how we follow your movement and even maybe. Uh, future set those who will want to buy into the Fade God premium franchise as it takes over the country. And, you know, just any words of wisdom for our listeners? Well, I mean, really just on my movement and, and, and my online presence. I mean, I always encourage people like to engage with me. I mean, if I say something, like you said, that kind of shocks your world or something like that, humbly, like comment and let's have a conversation. I, I love talking with people. I mean, I'm an extrovert. I love talking with people. I love hearing other people's ideas and the way they think of things. Um, and, I, and I just really like to network and just kind of build rapport and relationship with people that way. You know, we because I mean, I, I mean, I met you. I mean, even though it was through, you know, Chip Baker, I call him Coach Baker. You know, you follow me online and, I, and, and we followed each other. And now we're kind of in cahoots together. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So now it, it just amazes me what the Internet can do. Uh, for a business and for individuals in general. I mean, you can meet, I mean, you're all the way in Seattle, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm here in Texas. I mean, I don't know how many miles away that is, but that's really, really far, you know? And so, you know, for you to be there and for me to be here, I mean, when we connected online, that's the biggest thing is I want followers to engage with me. Um, that way we can just kind of network it. I mean, now we kind of have a relationship that, that goes beyond social media yeah. uh, and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, engage with me. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk. I mean, put out good content and that way we can just engage with each, with each other in a positive way. And I mean, even for people that kind of want to buy into the brand um, in the future, I mean, it's really just kind of support. I mean, because, you know, there, there is uh, 
numbers play a, an effect in business, you know, and and there are strength in numbers. And so when you have a good movement, I mean, you can look at Beyonce and her beehive. I mean, she has a huge following. I mean, people from all over the world. So when you have those strong numbers and when you have people that respect what you do, that love what you do, I mean, it, it makes your brand, it makes my brand all the better. And so I just want to continue to elevate, continue to take things to the next level, not just for me, but for those around me and for those that appreciate what I do. And I just want to continue to take it up, up, up every single day. You know, man, again, I I love your humility, but I'm going to brag on you a bit because you're not like your student, you know, you're, you're, you're coaching people, you're running a business, you're growing a business. And I think people at times are, are so accustomed to people making excuses, right? You know, like, like, man, life is hard. I got so much on my plate and you're like, Bernardo, I can do the interview, but we got to schedule it tight because you know, <laughs> and you don't make excuses. So when you say reach out, connect, like Darius means this. He's like, look, he, he will have to schedule you just because life is life. But he, he does want to engage. He does want to grow, meet new people and build relationships. And I think you're, you're showcasing that at such a high level. And I love that you're doing it with all the humility that you are. For sure. And I like how you said the excuse thing. I loathe excuses <laughs> because one of my one of my favorite thoughts and the way that I think um, is that we have people have to get rid of, of they have to get rid of windless excuses and, and adopt a relentless work ethic. You know, and, and, and like I said, you know, even when you said, hey, I squeezed you into that. I mean, it, it was nothing for me to do. You know, we had we had scheduled this a whole week ago. You know, and I'm glad that that communication took place because, you know, I wanted to do this. You know, I wanted to connect with what you do because, I mean, what you're doing is great. I mean, I watched Coach Baker's uh, podcast and what you did with him. I mean, it, it, it was simply amazing. And so, you know, when someone's doing something that's good, something that's positive, I mean, why, why wouldn't you want to support that? You know, and, and that's to brag to you. Because you're doing something, you're doing something great. You're doing something positive, and, and if someone's doing something good and positive, I don't have, I have no problem following it. I have no problem supporting it. I have no problem being a part of a part of it. And that's what you're doing. You're doing something good, something positive. I mean, you're a positive guy. I mean, just even talking with you, you, you really, One thing that I noticed about you is that you really pay attention. Oh, and, and that's so hard nowadays with technology, you know, and social media. People are so easily distracted. But you, you, you do your research. And I had even talked with Desmond, Desmond Jones. Yeah, yeah. And he texted me, he said, hey, man, did, did you see the list that Bernard said? Like, he did his homework on me. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you take the time to get to know the people that you that you are in, in a relationship with. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that's 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 accolades to you. I mean, you, you, you know, man, that, that's something I want to get more like you. I, 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 <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, and respecting and appreciating their movement. Well, what I love is, you know, I, I think at times we insult the hard work that someone does. Like you, you, you've done your hard work. Like right. I know what it feels like to build a brand, build a website, you know, start a movement and be busy Right. Still growing. And then have someone ask you, so where did you go to high school? And you're like, it's online. Like, it's on the yeah. website. Yeah, like I <laughs> just no time. Like you can really go ask me who my mama is. Like right. that's not right there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think again, if we if we keep things so surface, then we can't go deep. 
And then because, you know, if I do my research up front, then we can just start with where are you taking Fade God Premium? Because I understand the brand. And you're like, Bernard, Capital Cuts, great clips. That's in my future. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I think that's what's deeply valuable about um, having amazing conversations that we can we can get beneath the surface because we need to show people as well as tell them about the process. And I think this interview really highlighted that, you know, like, like there is a deeper way to get to where you're going. And as someone who has suffered through uh, bad appointments, <laughs> bad haircuts, right? your movement is so unique and necessary. And I can't wait for you to start expanding it beyond the great state of Texas. Oh, for sure, man. I appreciate your words of encouragement. I, I definitely take your kind words to heart and, and I'm definitely going to charge it to the heart and to the head, man. I appreciate that.